It's not get a crystal ball out and control your entire future. It's the understanding that through doing things, you will learn experientially Mm -hmm. and that you'll be able to incorporate that and hone things. Or even if you test hypothesis and it's faulty, you've learned something. That's a successful experiment. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. All right, be it babes. I'm excited. Okay. I'll be honest. I was like, okay, a skeptical shaman. I'm a little skeptical about a skeptical shaman. What does that mean? Are they really skeptical? Are they? And they are. (laughs) They being Rachel White, our guest today. First of all, there are so many there's never anything that's random. The this the timing of this this woman being in my in in our lives in your ears right now. Uh, it's really cool. And she said so many gems that have everything to apply that you, to your life that are not necessarily around tarot or astrology or any of that stuff. And so what I whether you have are like someone who's like oh a shaman and like that's a turn off for you. Stop. Keep listening. She is awesome. Um, she, we talk about the journey for her switching careers. We talk about the journey in like being a small business owner in, uh, having to make decisions that like not everyone's going to like, um, and also intuition and allowing and there's some stuff on digital detox in there. So this is a really great episode. Get your notepads out, have some fun. And then also make sure you check out all of her amazing things. If any of these things intrigued you, because I am, (laughs) As soon as I get off this, I am. So um, here is Rachel White. All right, loves, it's here. OPC Summer Camp. You know that thing we started last year? Well, we're doing it again this year, and we're making it bigger and better than ever because we have teachers from all over the world, which means all day long you can nerd out with me at Camp Zoom from the comfort of your own home in your favorite Pilates workout outfit without having to get bugs or dirt or weird camp food that's like some weird slot. No, you can have the amazing food from your own home. You can be whatever clothes you want to be in, and you can join us all day long for whatever workouts and workshops you sign up for. In fact, you can even do a whole day pass and save the most money. In fact, up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a mat, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got Reformer. We've got some happy hip Reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers, and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo! All right, be it, babe. I'm actually really excited and intrigued by today's guest. I'm not going to lie. Um, there are certain things I've dabbled in as a one woo girl um, in this world. <laughs> like I do have some crystals, but I also um, like to think of myself as like pretty logical about some things. And I I do have some tarot cards, but I also am like, okay, but <laughs> life. And so when today's guest um, came across my plate, I was like, oh, well, I've always been a little skeptical about a shaman. So why not have... <laughs> Rachel White, the skeptical shaman in our in our group today. So will you tell everyone who you are and what you do? Of course. Yeah. And it's funny because people see skepticism as inherently in opposition to spirituality, but I I don't. And I think what how you just described yourself is personally what I perceive most people are. And they're very underserved by the crystal hippie people. And I also have crystals. But you know, there's a certain archetype. So yeah, my name's uh, Rachel White. I own. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I I own a spiritual practice called Totem Readings, and I have a new podcast called The Skeptical Shaman. And the whole basis of the show is conversations with all different kinds of people: cynics, skeptics, true believers, different faith systems. You know, some of them seemingly quite crazy. Like I had a Catholic exorcist on. I thought that was an interesting discussion um, because to me, curiosity and skepticism are like, they're two sides of the, of mm. the discernment coin. Mm. You don't get anywhere without being curious. And as a part of curiosity, you're like, and what's in that? And what's this? And what really is that? And most people prefer to navigate 
life that way. And mm-hmm. yet when you enter the world of woo, um, sometimes people make you feel like it's very binary, like it's all yeah. or nothing, you know, and it's just not the case. I'm glad you're doing it the way you're doing it. Thank you. I'm always here for the affirmations. Those are my love language. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I love that you point that out because so I live in Las Vegas, which I think is a really interesting place to live. Uh, it's got lots of little, there's something for everybody here for sure on any side of any coin. But um, I remember going to this one event and going, they were speaking in a language that I, un- I heard the words. I heard them. They're all words that are like in my English vocabulary, but the order in which they were coming out, I was like, what are they saying? And I kind of just felt like, I was like, but I, I love breath work. I love my crystals. I love a new moon. I don't understand what you're saying. And I was like, maybe this isn't my place. Or I think your point, like sometimes some places are very, it's very, like you, you're all in or you're not. And I'm like, no, no, I still have to go into my world where I pay a mortgage. <laughs> the credit card doesn't care if Mercury's in retrograde. No, it <laughs> so. does. And that's if, if a teacher, a spiritual teacher, a coach, anybody is working with you, but they're not empowering you to make it pragmatically actionable in your life and making your life better, whatever that looks like, they're not really doing much for you. Um, It's a bunch of garbledygook. And what you just described is something that's referred to as word salad, just so you know. (laughs) And it's designed to make people feel kind of stupid, like Mm -hmm. maybe they don't understand. And it's a disempowering, Mm -hmm. gatekeeping mechanism a lot of the time. And I spent over two decades in corporate outsourcing and real estate, by the way, as I was working on Totem off the side of my desk. And This, what I'm going to say next holds true for business, for corporate, for spirituality. If someone can't explain something to you in human scaled language, so you understand it, it's a bit of a red flag. Mm. They may not understand it. They might be trying to spin you out and like snake charm you, or they want to sound really smart and they want to condescend to you. Because most people that are good communicators, they just cut to the chase. You understand them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Love you and that for all of that. So, um. I want to go back to like, first of all, because you just said you were in real estate and yeah. you were doing tone side. How, how did you get into this? <laughs> did it find you? Were you like, yeah. like what, what was the, what was like, I'm ready to leave the corporate world. How did that go? So like most people I know who are legitimate psychics, mediums, whatever you want to call us. And by the way, don't get hung up on all that. It really kind of doesn't matter. Um, I was very psychic. And then I pushed that to the side, um, became a pretty smug atheist, right? So I, I just like logic. I like things that make sense. And a lot of what I saw of religion, so I grew up Catholic, was like fairy tale nonsense thinking. It just, you know, they were using a lot of thought, terminating cliches, and no one was using a lot of critical thinking. So I kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater. And then I had an experience that sent me into exploration mode. Because the whole mm-hmm. point of like, if you're curious and you're skeptical, you have to let in new data, even if that new data is woo, mm-hmm. that's a part of it. And I was like, oh, I have to reframe things. I was wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have to add new stuff to my repertoire. So I studied it, studied it, and then started just doing it off the side of my desk, seeing clients on weekends. I had always read tarot cards. So that was sort of the first thing I brought in to my practice, which people don't think of as classically shamanic, but it, it is divination is a part of it. And Um, Then in March of 2020, transitioned to doing this work full time. And it's funny, corporate real estate is not doing well. Mm. And it's one of those areas where intuition should serve you. And I just saw the writing on the wall. Like, and it wasn't just COVID, trust me. It's not just office spaces and people working from home. There's a whole bunch of things going on. And it would have been misery the last three years, I think. And so you know, fall, I pulled tarot cards. I kept getting the death card, which is not bad, <laughs> by the way. It just means like, let it go. It's dead. Everybody tells you you're dead. It's time to lie down. Mm. And it's it's scary as a rational person to, I have moments, less so now, but like last year, I'd be in the backyard and go like, oh my God, I make my living. I'm a tarot card reader. Like, what did I do? You know, and you'll have those little, and they go real fast. They leave as quickly as they came, but it's a wild experience. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. There's like certain times in my life I can tell when I truly listened like to the intuition yeah. to these like, and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I do feel like the more we listen to our intuition, the more psychic we all are. You know, we just often mm-hmm. don't want to, or we pull ourselves the other way. We try to talk ourselves out of that intuition. Maybe someone told you, you know, you were wrong sometime. And, but the reason why we even live in Las Vegas right now 
is because of the, one of those moments in 2020 where someone said something and my gut said something and I was like, oh, it's time to move. <laughs> and if yeah. we hadn't, if we hadn't moved then, I, well, I'm sure we would have done something else amazing. We would not be exactly where we are today because we could, a month later, we could not live in this neighborhood that we're in right now. We couldn't have afforded it. We couldn't have made that switch as I'm a Pilates instructor. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, and you're like, when you like strip away all the things that make us who we are, you're like, and the title of this thing that I do is not something that people would think is a reliable job. Right. But what is a reliable job now? And that was the other reason I I transitioned. So most of my clients are like high functioning executives, Mm -hmm. business owners, lawyers, professionals, you know, whatever it is. And there is so much turmoil and churn in the workforce across industries, mm-hmm. geographies. I have clients all over the world. And the new thing, I had a client, she works at a very uh, prestigious technology company and is quite high up there. She said, I understand now that the side hustle is the hedge against the market. And, mm-hmm. and for her, she's an astrologer, really. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it, it would have seemed insane to me a couple of years ago. And now I'm like, that somehow feels more steady than even where I am. Cause there's no more rules, by the way. Um, her coworker was let go via email, giving birth on maternity leave, which is illegal, you know, labor law wise, they don't care anymore. Yeah. They're like, well then fight us in court. Cause that's probably cheaper and than she paying you. A top performer just Ugh. won a big award. And it didn't matter. Cause it's not, it's not a meritocracy up is down. It's, it's a lot of chaos. So what I would say to people is the myth of the steady, reliable, safe job. It's not safe anymore. Mm-hmm. Number one, you know, doesn't mean you have to be crazy like me and do what I do for a living, but getting into something that is a passion, even if it's just a hobby for a while, getting certifications, exploring other things, developing skills, listening to your intuition in those areas. It's, it's a really smart move actually. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I thank you for sharing that. And we don't have to go off on this tangent, but I was talking with a girlfriend of mine, we both bought a house in the same year and the amount of proof, like I was like buying your first house. is like the hardest thing you've ever done when you work for yourself. And I'm like, I've been working for myself for 15 years. Excuse me, bank. If anyone can prove they can make money and be consistent, look at me. I, I, there is no guarantee that if I had a regular job, I would still have it. For all of those 15 years, no way. But every single day, the bank's like, oh, we prefer the person who's working for a company (laughs) than the person who's working for themselves. And it's, it can be infuriating and frustrating. And luckily for me on most days, it lights a fire under my ass. But like, let me just show you, let me just prove you a different, (laughs) not that they're paying attention, but I'm like, let me just prove you that you don't know what you're talking about. Cause I can bet on myself every single day when I can't bet on an employer that I've had. You can't anymore. And part of the work of developing intuition, getting to know yourself that way, because I I do think it's sort of a perishable skill Mm -hmm. up to a point. Like my husband's a chef, right? And if he doesn't cook, if he's not doing mise en place and practicing his knife skills, they dull. Mm. And I do think like using intuition and developing that muscle memory with it throughout life so that you're ready for those moments. You're ready for like, the buying of the home and that challenge, or you're ready for the corporate layoff or or whatever the crazy thing is that's coming. It's not the first time you're like doing a gut check. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So can I ask you, um, because I'm sure our listen, my listener, like they're like nodding, <laughs> and they're like, okay, but yeah. <laughs> as the perfectionists and overachievers, we tend to attract on this show. What are some signs that they is their intuition that's talking to them and not like someone else's story that they've picked up? Right. Yeah. The um the number one thing I do, and this might not be for everybody, but there might be a version of this. So mm-hmm. anyone listening to this, convert this to your thing. I pull a tarot card and tarot doesn't tell me what to do. It doesn't tell anyone what to do. And, you know, I have my own deck and all of that. And even then I go, no, 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 it's meant to facilitate your own work. And I will pull a single card in the morning for several days at a time. If I'm handling sort of a situation or assessing options Mm. and I go to look for the consistency in the theme and what it triggers in me, like my, you know, when you take standardized tests, they always tell you the first answer you think of is usually the right one. Yeah. And I take that direction. And then the other thing, the second layer of that is how much of this is fear and frankly, using logic. Mm. So like, let's say, let's say I stay where I'm working, right? 
let's follow that thought exercise all the way through. Okay. How much am I in control? Like how much safer is this really? And getting really objective about mm-hmm. it, even writing it down on paper, really thinking through it. Um, and then the third layer, which is a little bit more shamanic because we're disturbed people is, you know, one day I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And, and that's sort of, it seems morose, but it's actually a great way to prioritize what you're doing and what's fear versus what is excitement and how to assess all that. And I can honestly say I'm 40 right now. I'm going to have, at least on my trajectory right now, probably very few regrets in terms of, you know, I don't think I'm going to feel like I didn't take risks that were meaningful, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just doing, like letting yourself do things. I know so many people who go, well, I wish I could write a book, but I have a job. And I'm like, everybody's got a job. I got a job. Mm-hmm. You can still write a book. Mm-hmm. You can, like these things, you can do them. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But I'm also not one of those people, you know, there's so many life coaches that say crazy shit, in my <laughs> yeah. opinion. And one of the things I'll hear from people is they go, well, I was told that if I don't quit my job, the universe won't give me my next thing. And I'm like, no, 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 make money until you figure it out. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, God doesn't show up when you just empty your calendar. Yeah. No. I, That's wild. You, yeah. I, I, you know, that like leap in the net will appear. And I was like, I, yeah. I like, yeah, sh- there are some things like I do joke that like I do a lot of things like I'm on a, like a, a roller coaster and I'm doing it scared. Like I, cause yeah, I, I don't know the other side of things, but I remember like, I think it was Brene Brown or somebody she was talking to said, um, I hate that line. I kind of think of it like, what would I, would I be willing to do this even if the net didn't appear? And like, that's kind of an easier, cause it's like, if I'm not willing to do it, if the net doesn't appear, maybe, (laughs) maybe I'm not there yet. But if I'm like, you know, I got to do it any, no matter what happens, that's something I have to experience. Then, you know, you're not going to live your life with, with, with regret. And that's a passion and that's intentional, Mm -hmm. but people being like, I don't know what it is yet, but as long as I got this job paying me money, I'm not going to find out. I'm like, I don't know that that's how the scavenger hunt works, right? So there's a happy medium. And, you know, I started a podcast and as you know, it costs money. No, oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> you have to have a little bit of faith that something works out. But the biggest predictor for me is just, do I want to do it right now? It's because I, I touch that intuition muscle mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And I go, I call it like witch vibe. You get witch vibe about stuff. Mm-hmm. And every time I've just done it and I, it has that almost a somatic physical feeling to it. Mm-hmm. It always works out. And yeah. so if you practice this, you'll learn and you get more comfortable. And generally speaking, if people are good at something, they can recreate that success. Yeah. You know, if they're yeah. successful in a relationship and then, you know, something happens, they can have another great relationship. Same with businesses, yeah. creative projects. Yeah. I agree. And I think like, even what I'm just hearing you say is like the questions you ask yourself when you pull a card, these are things like is anyway you can do it as a journaling thing you can do it yeah. as like a talking to yourself thing but it's kind of like it's not uh it's getting like a 30,000 foot view and being a little bit more mm-hmm. clinical around yourself versus like like uh it's not talking to another friend to get your intuition it's being with yeah. yourself to get your intuition or listening muscle. to the fear mm-hmm. you know one of the gifts of like tarot or or a lot of these modalities is you'll pull a card in my case it was the the death card and at the time my my deck was a prototype deck this is my version of the death card, which is Anubis. It's the Egyptian god of death. Mm-hmm. And I, I would tell myself like, okay, that's really interesting. That's a big card. And you don't judge it. And you just kind of sit with it. And people mm-hmm. can journal or I always like to see how the day goes, how I'm feeling, what I'm noticing around me. And there was a massive reorganization at work. Mm-hmm. They were trying to get acquired by another big company I used to work for before that. And so you'll you'll pull the card and it might seem silly in a vacuum, right? That little mm-hmm. noise in your head will be like, well, it's just a random card. And then you observe what's manifesting in reality and you, okay, that's not that random writings on the wall mm-hmm. and, you know, using it as, as a means of getting access to your own spiritual data mm-hmm. is, is how I look at that. And, you know, pulling a card at the beginning of the day, even when you're not in a situation, living your day, coming back and looking at it and reflecting on how that manifested for me. So you build your own language with cards or runes or whatever you want to use. It doesn't well, really matter. I mean, I think like it kind of goes even into the idea of like um, we see evidence for which we believe to be true all the time. You know, like yes. if we, we want to our goal, our whole brain is like, let me prove myself right all the time. <laughs> and so what it sounds like you're doing is like. In a way of like intuition is just is like 
kind of putting a piece of evidence out there and then allowing yeah. the day to unfold and just seeing how we interact with evidence or how that proof, like what is that yeah. coming back to? And then reflecting on the end of the day, I can't think of a better way to come up with your, like develop your intuition muscle or spend time with yourself because I feel like you get to end up being through your day more present as opposed to the day yes. happening to you. And it's not a bunch of work. It's not, you know, doing DMT in Bali or like, you know, it, it's a minimal requirement because mm -hmm. most of the people I work with and myself were busy. And I'm not one of those people where you have to like <laughs> give an arm and a leg and, and do all this crazy. It's because it's like a diet. If it's not sustainable, you're gonna have a hard time. Yeah. And it's in the sustaining of it where you're really going to get that that value. Right. And yeah, pulling a card, Carl Jung loved tarot and my deck is very archetypal and Jungian. Mm -hmm. And he would use it with his clients, a bit like a Rorschach, but around archetypes and a way of just getting you out of your own myopic nonsense and, mm -hmm. and going like, oh, that's interesting. I don't understand that. And then living your day and going, I totally understand that now. Yeah. I understand why that showed up. Yeah. And then next time, maybe a year from then, you pull a card and you go, I know what's going to happen today. Yeah. And you have that confidence and it's, it's rooted in, I mean, it's not a scientific experiment, right? But it's like a little bit of a control experiment you can run in your own life. You have a hypothesis and you test it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm kind of now, uh, I want to know at what point does somebody go, I need, I need a skeptical shaman. I need a shaman. <laughs> like how, why, like, like, cause, because you do have cards. So, um, yeah. I could just use your cards. Like at what point am I like, yeah. okay, I need someone like you in my actual life regularly <laughs> or is it regular? Well, is it just at a, at a moment oh, yeah. in time? I'm sort of notorious for not wanting people to come back a lot. Mm. And so I took my time building my practice on purpose because I, I set certain intentions. And one of them was, I don't want to be one of those people who's like, I need to see you every week. Yeah. Um, the cards stay the same. I had a client push on it during COVID and finally I was like, you know what? It's fine. Come back in. It was just a few months after her reading. I usually tell people to wait like eight, nine, 12 months. Mm. There's other stuff you can do. There's stuff you can do on your own, right? But for a tarot reading, it's a snapshot for quite a, quite a bit. And she came in and it was all the same cards and they just slightly moved. And she had had a picture and she goes, now I know why you don't want me to come in. I said, I don't want to take your money twice for the same information. And also as a practitioner, no offense, it's boring to tell you the same story. I like to <laughs> meet with people when the tectonic plates have shifted and there's something new and, and that's fun work. So um, a lot of people reach out when they're at a bit of a crossroads, not like an intense one always, but just like, I don't know, I have a job, I don't love it, or I got laid off, but I don't know what I want to do. I don't want to get back in the same industry, or maybe I had a breakup, but I'm meeting people, it's not clicking. Some people really want to go deeper into the spiritual work, like soul's purpose, you know, what's my sort of mission for being here spiritually? So I do like Akashic record work mm. and some channeling work and we get their their guides in which is a little bit more of a shamany mm -hmm. thing versus just a straight up you know telepathic clairvoyant psychic thing i always yeah. joke that i i stay out of the way i'm just a broker <laughs> and other people come to the meeting and that's sort of how it works and so yeah and and for my practice i i work with what i call it's sort of a joke but it's accurate the spiritually homeless mm. like they they know there's something going on They've had experiences, but also they're not, they're not buying everybody's bullshit right. all the time. And, and so they want someone who's just going to kind of talk straight to them and who's going to say, I don't know. Sometimes yeah. like my, if my, just yesterday, someone asked me a question. I had a big event here at my place in Austin. And I said, I don't, I don't know. They go, what do you mean? You don't know. I said, I honestly, I don't know the answer to that question. It's interesting. Yeah. And she was so like taken aback that I was willing to say, I don't know. It's yeah. just honest. I, I no love one it. knows everything. That's crazy. I love that though. Like every, like there are certain things you've said. I'm like, oh, thank God. She's not a cult leader. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> ever want that kind of pressure. I'm the least likely to be a cult leader. I'm so funny to the point where clients are like, Hey, what about this? I'm like, I don't know. Did you Google it? I get so exhausted with that. And I don't need that kind of attention. Mm. It would drive me nuts. I was a people manager in corporate. I'm good on that experience for the rest <laughs> of my life. I mean, I like people as individuals. I love those little sessions, you know, the event, you know, hanging out with my mm -hmm. friends who were practitioners was great. Yeah. But it's, I, that is an interesting um, I, psychology. I know that is, I, but I, but I hear you because like, so I used to be a teacher trainer for like new oh, teachers yeah. in Pilates and. Um, I really, at the time, 
I really wanted to be that. Like I really wanted to have that experience. I I saw something. I mostly I wanted to recreate a better experience for every other teacher because my first time was not great. And then after about six years of that, I was like, you know, I'm good on that. Like they ask a lot of questions and you do need to have an answer because they're new and they yes. <laughs> they need that. And I got to a place where I'm like, I don't want to have to be that for you. I really want you to be able to like grow and bloom. And so now I have a mentorship, which took me, I dragged my feet and my team and my coach was like, you, people want this from you. They want to learn from yeah. you. you. You've had experience. I, I decided with one of Joe Supply's clients. So I'm one of the few people out there who is close to the source supplies that, that that's out there. And I'm not crazy. So, <laughs> and I'm kind and I'm the, so I dragged my feet because I was like, well, I don't want it to be like, it's this way. This is the answer. I really want, and I really want people to be able to come and explore the information that I have and then integrate it the way they want. And that is what is interesting is that I feel really good about that. But sometimes people have signed up and they're like, well, can you just tell me the answer? And I'm like, so it's not black or white. There's actually, what do you think of it? And it's so interesting because like people can want you to be that for them. And you're like, no, no, I'm really good. Here. Mm-hmm. And it can be hard because, I, of course, I want them to get the experience that they want to have. Yeah. But I can't be the control for them. They have to figure that out themselves. Right. And you're actually doing the ethical thing, but it is a harder sell. Mm. And it's funny, my, my I joke all the time. I sell against myself constantly. Mm. Right. Um, yesterday, someone said your your spiritual transformation coaching program. It sounds really fun. I said, oh, it's it's not fun. It's spiritual transformation. <laughs> And three of my clients that are in the program right now, and it's all individual work, but I do it like at the same time we're here. And they started laughing. And the woman goes, well, they look really happy. I go, yeah, but that's like crazy happy. As I ask them how they're, you know, this is disruptive work. Ultimately, it's very good for you, but it's, it's not a spa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and what's funny is people will be intrigued by that. Mm. And then I don't have to manage weird expectations that were off base or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. spiritual work, you're going to see some things and feel some things that are that are really intense, you know, and not all the time, but like if that's you dipping your toe in, there's a bit of that at the front end. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And we're not all like vending machines of answers, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a thing in our culture of like I put the dollar bill in and I push F6 to get the Twix. <laughs> I do but know I'm not that. If you're listening, machine. you know what that means. You're too young for this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you probably eat healthy. And I used to be a garbage can. I was a raccoon. I would eat out of vending machines all the time. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? I mean, I grew up poor mm-hmm. and I feel like vending machines are Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I love that you brought that up because I do. It's funny. I, f- I feel like it's just generations of like, just get the right answer so that you mm-hmm. like, because you it would be embarrassing. You'd embarrass the family if you're wrong. You're embarrassing yourself if you're wrong. It's it's a failure if you don't have it yeah. right the first time. And I feel like only in the last like seven years of my life, maybe really five, have I really understood that it's like, it's actually really cool if I get the wrong answer. And in my business, of course, I want to make money. I got bills to pay. We got this mortgage now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we learn so much more from the things that didn't go right in a project yes. than we do when they like, like we had... Um, an event do so fucking amazing in May of 2020. That's why we bought this house. We like literally made a down payment in a weekend. Um, it's what entrepreneurs dream of, right? And we have never recreated it. <laughs> and, right. And I, in trying to recreate it, we've learned so much. But from that, I'm like, luck and prepar- like preparation meant opportunity at that time. People in May of 2020 yes. wanted the information I had. And so the timing of what I did was exactly right. Um, I couldn't have done it if I wasn't prepared, of course, but I, we couldn't there. You can't just recreate that, that extreme moment. You have to, you learn more from the mistakes. And it's funny because, you know, coming from corporate, I, I was an innovation director and I, you know, when you study innovation, you realize a lot of it can never be recreated Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean you're failing. And sometimes you can have the best idea and everything lines up and nobody signs up. And other times you could have kind of a throwaway thing that just booms and then other things come from it. And it's not an indication of your personal failure or achievement one way or the other, always Mm -hmm. like being prepared, being organized, being professional, that's those are the variables you can control. Yeah. And so those should always be controlled. But the rest of it, part of it is allowing. 
Mm-hmm. And that's a really hard thing for high functioning driven people. And yeah. I'm one of those, I'm a workaholic. I'm, and it, it, what it really is, is a false illusion of control. Like if I work enough, somehow I can control things. Mm. You can't, like, you don't think about it consciously that way, but that's really what it is. Mm. And being honest with yourself about it. And one of the reasons we had this event, I didn't charge anyone anything. It was a party, literally, like you're invited to my house. We're going to feed you. My husband's a chef. Here's some drinks. We made drinks out of the flower essence mothers because I make flower essences and had a party. And people were like, well, why are you doing this? I was like, it's the equinox. And, you know, tomorrow's Yom Kippur, happy Yom Kippur. Or whatever. You know, like, yeah, because it, it needed to happen. I don't know why. Yeah. And we'll see. Yeah. Right. And so, so I'm learning to like shake, move energy, like move chi sometimes just for the sake of moving it. Okay. So I love everything you just said there. I can't wait for Brad. My husband will listen to this and then we're going to talk about you on the next episode. <laughs> we're both married to Brad's, by the way. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, and and mine loves to cook. He's not an act, like not an actual chef, but like loves to cook. And so he's a chef in our household because I'm not cooking. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that you brought up um, allowing. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering like, can you go into that a little bit more? Because I do think that that's something that, especially the women listen to this podcast, probably need to do more of. I think we all probably need to. But I need to do more of it too. <laughs> so yeah. what, what are um, you doing to allow more? Because I... <laughs> the big thing, my big case study that gave me permission to do more of it was the Flower Essence Project, which wasn't a Flower Essence Project initially. Mm-hmm. It was COVID lockdowns in Chicago, mm-hmm. chef husband at home, you know, in, in Chicago, you're not a house. There's not a yard. And you're at the time, we weren't allowed to go to parks. Right. You know, I have a large oh, wolf we dog. Were the so same. Oh, I was in LA yes. at the time. There you go. 500 square foot apartment. So I know your life and we could not go yes. outside. <laughs> um, but I had, so where we lived, we had a private balcony and a private roof deck because we were mm. on the top floor and you got that with okay. our unit and you, you paid for it, but we did, we were busy. We never used it. And then I had a meditation center in a park, like right to the West of where we lived in the West loop that had a private roof deck. And I said to my husband, you know, I got to get outside. I'm going to freak, I'm going to freak out. And so let's plant some flowers. Let's do something. And it literally mm. just came like that attached to nothing else. So we did that. And then because I'm kind of an asshole and I can't just have a hobby, I was like, we should make flower essences you know, those things that I buy and that we take. And, and so he's a chef and we're like on Google, you know, making our, being busy, did it. Um, and then I was like, you know, I wonder what it would look like if I put like a totem label, literally just pure sort of play kind of gave them out as gifts to my friends. They loved them. And then my husband was like, you need to make these and sell them. Mm. And so I started doing it. And then I had a client, a really good friend of mine, Claire, shout out to Claire. It was like, you got to get on Etsy. I was like, I don't know. Etsy, isn't it like macrame? (laughs) What what is it? She's like, no, 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 no. And she's an artist and is doing tremendous work on there. And so I did. And it's a huge part of my business now. And then I studied herbalism and I got Mm. certified in herbalism. And then you learn all kinds of other stuff. And I'm telling you, that was just all allowing. I didn't sit down and go, my my, my body of work my business needs another product and here's why. And I ran the numbers and I have an Excel spreadsheet about it. There was none of that in mm-hmm. it. And it's mm-hmm. pro- it turned a profit the first month. And yeah. I didn't know that. I had no idea. And But, you know, it's intuition matched with, by the way, work. You should see the house. There are tens of thousands of bottles. My friends who stayed with me were like, are you okay? <laughs> like <laughs> mentally? And they're like, no, people make these with you. I was like, no, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, and I just hand bottle them, and they were like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. yeah, I I love that you brought up that like you kind of just you put like almost like one foot in front of the other. Like, yeah, I got outside. I did. I like I, flowers. I, I, liked flowers. I liked learning. Yeah, and you you didn't try to control like what the flowers were going to represent before. <laughs> No. planted them. And I think that that's um, something very hard for, or I, I call myself recovering perfectionist overachiever um, because I, not that I don't think, I think recovered would mean I'm being perfect, perfect about it. But I think that the best things come from, I'm just going to try this out. And yeah. too often, either people in your life go, well, what are you, how are you going to make money off that? That will never make any money. How you do this? What yeah. about your kids? What about this? And it's like, you have to turn their dial off and just kind of like go, okay, who am I? I maybe have to protect my hobby or protect my curiosities for a little bit to be mine because we, 
yes, everything does cost money and everything we do need to make more money in this world than we ever had to make to be part of it. But you're not allowing when you try to micromanage what it is before it starts. And don't listen to the well-meaning moron. <laughs> when I started totem, you should have... Rachel, I hope you have a shirt like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got, you wouldn't believe how mean people who were, who I know liked me and were supportive of me were because mm-hmm. they thought it was a disaster. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend, I asked her if she wanted to design the logo because, and I didn't end up going with her for obvious reasons. You'll hear in a second. She was like, you know, this is crazy and you're never going to be successful and you're never going to be able to do it. And literally, I'm not making that up. It was that like specific and intense. And then I did it. And then she was like, oh, and I was like, right. You know, um, it, it, they couldn't do it. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't see it because they're, they're not connected to that. They're not supposed to be manifesting that stuff here. They have their own thing to do. Mm-hmm. And just do, giving yourself permission to do. And by the way, in corporate, in, in tech, the mantra of innovation is fail small, fail early, fail often. Mm-hmm. It's not never fail. It's not get a crystal ball out and control your entire future. It's the understanding that through doing things, you will learn experientially mm-hmm. and that you'll be able to incorporate that and hone things. Or even if you test a hypothesis and it's faulty, you've learned something. That's a successful experiment, mm-hmm. right? Yes. You. And just converting whatever you learn into something of value. And the other thing I would say, though, is when you work like this, you do have to work. Yeah. There's no playing around and then not putting in elbow grease, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's true. I mean, that's the... That's the hardest part. I think a lot of people look at other people, they'll look at you or they'll look at me and go, oh, it must be so easy. Or they just like, because <laughs> I have fun. I've never worked harder and I've never had a worse boss. And it's me. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> I I do think I'm kinder than my worst, worst bosses, but I I can't be hard <laughs> on myself. But it's so funny because I we have flashcards, which I like are like tarot cards for Pilates exercises, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how, I mean, as a classical teacher, they have an order, but I also tell people, I'm like, just pick a card, just pull a card out. And if you yeah. can't do that exercise, like turn it around and see what other exercise is involved in there. And one of the hardest things was not creating the actual card. And I'm sure even for you with, I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like for the tarot part, it was like actually getting the production of the cards, like trying to get somebody mm-hmm. in the 2020 to print the cards the way I wanted with the mm-hmm. quality of materials I wanted and to ship them <laughs> to people. <laughs> yeah, I know. And someone gave me a really hard time. I got invited to this uh, book event and the lady, she's brilliant. She's a, like a writing coach, publishing coach. She helps people get on TED Talks, stuff like that. She's very successful. And she's like, Rachel, I was on the day for self-publishing because that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And someone goes, well, you published on Amazon. They're evil. I'm like, hey, it was in the middle of COVID. I'm my only employee. It was with my money. Are you kidding me right now? You're, that's the thing you're going to pick you with Yeah. Me? It was a miracle that we got it done. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm- they're not the publisher. I'm the publisher. It's just on their platform. Well, and... And also, guess what, guys? I also am on Amazon. You want to know why? Because people will trust Amazon over my website. It. Yes. It's easy for them. And to- I knew I was going to be moving to Texas. I couldn't physically manage the inventory. Like, there are pragmatic concerns. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's that whole, like, there's always something someone out there is going to be on. And they, I, if nothing else, I will ask everyone to start, if you can kindly educate people on what it's like to have a small business or yeah. to be running a PL in a, in another larger business. Or I think sometimes people, to your point, they really lack compassion yeah. for you in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's so tricky because you want to like pick and choose your battles, but also like, yeah, you know, we have, I think we need to get to a point where we stop judging people for the tools that they're using to get their message out there. Because unfortunately- right. When you're a small business, there are so many expenses that you don't even yes. think about when you get started. There are money for the newsletter you're sending. There is money for – so it's really, yes. you know, sometimes you have to – and then you you can – once you get things out there and you get to test it, you get to see, like, what is the feedback? Was this a good idea? What's this? Then you can actually like take it to another place. You know, it's so yeah. important that we just have a little bit more compassion for small businesses and also understanding like – there are also avenues out there that just allow us to get our message out there faster. And sometimes yeah. we have to use that, especially when you're small. <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't going to Epstein's Island all the time. I'm not on the flight <laughs> logs. I just self-published something on, on Amazon. <laughs> you know what I mean? During yeah. COVID. And 
So yeah, nuance is, is important yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. Rachel, I want to ask like, what are you excited about right now? Like what is something that you're really excited to be working on? Oh, well, the, the big, big thing I have to say is the podcast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was another thing I did just because I wanted to have discussions with people and share them. Because so much of what I do for a living is I talk to really interesting people in a really intimate, meaningful way. Like there's no small talk in a client session mm-hmm. with Totem. And that's not just me. That's people come, they want to talk about their life's purpose or you know, they, they're just very honest and vulnerable. And so it occurred to me, like, I know a lot of interesting people and I want people to hear this. Yeah. And so I'm, I've been doing interviews for season two and it's been really fun. And I ask clients to do it. Cause I'm like, you're interesting. They're like, no, I'm not. I'm really just, I'm like, it's enough of this. Mm-hmm. Everybody's interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. And working on that. And it's funny because I don't have a producer. My best friend, Roger does the audio editing. And I send him like a couple hundred bucks every episode or something. I don't even keep track of it. And people go like, well, you must be like making so much money. I was like, oh my God, no, that's not how podcasts work. I know. And they're like, don't you have sponsors? I'm like, do you want to be a sponsor? Be a sponsor. I'd love to talk to you about that. But it's the joy of just doing the thing and seeing that you had an idea. I'm sure you had this feeling too. And then it's actually out there. It's actually happening. People listen to it. It's so exciting. Yeah. It feels so good. Um, So I'm really focused on that. We're going to make another deck, actually a flower medicine deck Mm. because of all the flower essences and herbalism. I just, it's the time projects like that. You really need block of time. And yeah, we, we can, we can talk offline about like the time I set up. Cause I have the decks that I did. There's six decks yeah. total. And I really thought I could knock out two a year and we are, right. we are at one a year folks. <laughs> and, and the reality is, it's not because I can't make the time. Like these are not even spiritual things. These are like things I already have a lot of the content made. I just have to repurpose it, but it is, it's been in that brain space and focusing and it takes yeah. Between all the man hours, when we when I stop counting the man hours, it's usually around four or five hundred man hours. Like between human hours yeah. of like my time, an editor's time, all this stuff, and so it's just being able to set everything else aside, which means this podcast has to be recorded in advance so that I don't have mm-hmm. to do podcasting and my filming for my other thing. It have to be on that one. That's my one project yeah. at the moment, and so it does. They take time, but I. So I hear you. We have some systems in place that make it easier for me, and even then, it shaved off like I don't know, a hundred hours, which is not nothing, but that's still right. like. Well, still- the other thing is, while you're in pure creation on a project like that, unless you have a book deal, which I've been averse to, because mm-hmm. of the degree of control. Yeah, I'm one of the, I have an Aquarius moon. I don't like being told what to do. I have a vision. I'm a little tyrannical about mm-hmm. creativity. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I'm gonna. I don't get paid during that time, and I I have to pay to print it mm-hmm. and publish it. And so you you know you can create all you want, but not you can't do that and then expect everything else to truck along. I always say to people, when you say yes to everything without realizing you're also saying no to things you're not even thinking about. Yes. There's, it's not infinite. You have to prioritize, right? Yes. Yeah. So I use all of November and December for this kind of work. I don't do any coaching work. I limit client sessions and I slow down Mm -hmm. as the world gets darker and quieter. Mm -hmm. And I just do stuff like that Mm -hmm. every year. Uh, I'm excited for your next deck. Take your time. (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> um, I want it to be nice. We yeah, want to make it nice. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. And also, you know, um, especially with things like that, there, there, you can't control the creativity either. So like you also mm-hmm. don't want to force it or rush it or put it on some sort of timeline. So, um, oh, every card's vision board and set up. Oh my God. I, love I did that in two days. And I'm not on Adderall. This is all natural. (laughs) This is just crazy. When you're in the flow, it's true. You don't need Adderall. Um, (laughs) All right. We're going to take a brief break. We're going to find out where people can find you, follow you, work with you, um, and get your cards. All right, loves, it's super important to me that supplements I take are of the highest quality. And that's why for three years, I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better. 
at 52 iterations of their formula and counting. Their team is always trying to find better ways to source, test, and aim to find the best quality ingredients available. I love this so much, guys, because so many people think I have to get it right the first time, and they have done 52 different iterations. I freaking love that. So many people have asked me if AG1 is actually the real deal. I really do drink it, and trust me, there's a reason why I've been drinking it for so long. Quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword. It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances, while the industry standard typically only tests for 10. Holy moly. I know that like I'm a recovering overachiever over here, but I'm super glad AG1 isn't. Okay, so taking care of my health shouldn't be complicated and AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. It's literally just one scoop. It's one scoop in one bottle of water. It's amazing. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. Y'all know I've had gut stuff, so that's why I've been doing it for so long. I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash beit. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out. Yeah. So you can find me at Totem Rach on Instagram. Uh, be prepared to be disappointed. Uh, I'm passive aggressive at social media <laughs> and uh, totemreadings.com. Just send me an email. All my info is on the website. Awesome. And that's where we can get your cards or everything is on the, all yeah, you on the can website. link to it. Um, it's yeah. on Amazon. It's the Totem Tarot deck. And then the skeptical shaman is Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And season two starts the first week in October here. Perfect. We will link all of that in our show notes. We'll make sure it's everywhere. I'm already intrigued by your your deck of cards. We'll have to be hitting Amazon up next. (laughs) Before I let you go, you've given us like so much awesome advice. I feel like there's been some great gems in there. I always like to ask people this bold, executable, intrinsic, or target advice people can take to be it till they see it. What do you have for us? My big one that I'm doing right now, because I also need help, is I am taking a very strict digital detox one day a week Mm. from everything, television, phone, computer screen. And for me, what that does is I get get very clear on what matters. It lowers that cortisol. Mm. It lowers the fear and just the, I'm very addicted to busyness and noise. Like I could listen to 18 podcasts a day. You know what I mean? I love consuming noise and creating noise in my own way. And so I've been doing that. And what happens on those days is miraculous. You'll have the big business idea. So you don't have to grind. It's Mm. like a, it's a retreat to move forward. And, you know, if you have goals or anything else, just taking that time, it seems counterintuitive, but you get there faster. You Mm. really do. Um, And a lot of us, when we're working, 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 you're not thinking as deeply as you think you are. You're just not. You're not seeing certain things. It's actually a business imperative. I've decided I have to do that for my business. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Oh, a digital detox. I love that. I have been putting my phone on grayscale um, at night uh, and I don't take it off grayscale until... um, I like start making like after breakfast because then it's like, cause what happens is inevitably you open up an app and you start working mm-hmm. and I am like, you, mm-hmm. I could just, I, I love what I do. So I could just keep doing it. But it's like, I really, I, I, my best days I notice are because the grayscale comes off later in the day. So as soon as it comes off and it's those beautiful colors <laughs> and you can see what app that is, you start going there. Yeah. So I, I really like it. And the whole day, ooh, I'm going to see how I can do that. I'm going to challenge myself by the time this episode comes out. It's like intermittent out. fasting. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's a great way to reset. And I have better ideas when I'm not just doing, when I'm not in tactical execution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the discipline to not tactically execute yeah. unless it's all shut off. So I, I, um, one more thing on this, when I travel internationally, like I used to, I would never pay the phone company to let me use my phone internationally. Right. I'm like, there's Wi-Fi if I need it. 
I'll get Wi-Fi. Like it's, you know, where am I going? And um, my recent trip to Poland, I was annoyed. My husband didn't come with me. The other trip is, and he'll listen to this because he'll, he'll say it. He'll be the one that gets <laughs> the phone to work. And so I'm like, of course yes. I can be safe because like he's he's good. Yes. But I realized that because my phone worked in between being at a hotel or the conference center, I was struggling to be as present as I could just walking down these beautiful streets I hadn't been in. And I was like, oh, it's because my phone works and I can get a text message and I can get this. And I was like, okay, we're just going to go on airplane mode yeah. intentionally so that we can like be present. So I thank you for sharing that. Thank you for all of this. I am so excited about what you're doing. I, you're everything I wanted to be in the tarot <laughs> shaman world. Like it's so fun to be like, oh, I can have some crystals and do logic. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank um, you. Everyone, how are you going to use these tips in your life? When are you going to go on a digital detox? And also, um, what were your favorite parts about this? Make sure you tag um, Rachel, tag the Viet Pod so we can share it. And until next time, be it till you see it. That's all I've got for this episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of the Bloom Podcast Network. It's written, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. It is produced and edited by the Epic Team at Desenio. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to Melissa Solomon for creating our visuals and Semena Velazquez for our transcriptions. Also to Angelina Herico for adding all the content to our website and finally to Meredith Crowell for keeping us all on point and on time. All right, my coffee lovers. I got something for you. And I know most of you are coffee lovers because if you're listening to this, you have lots of things you're doing and coffee is something that you are taking with you everywhere you go. In fact, I know the Plaza instructors around here are taking coffee, kombucha, tea, and water into every class that they take. So this one is amazing because this is Pure Cafe Bold. They have two options for you. They've got black coffee and then they've got a caramel coffee latte, which is amazing. And here's why it's amazing. It's pre-brewed. So it comes in this amazing little packet and you can actually just take the packet into your office, your work on a plane like we've been doing. And then you pour hot water in and boom, you've got coffee. And this coffee actually has some amazing stuff. It's not just regular coffee. This coffee supports your immune system. It boosts cognitive function, increases stamina, it reduces stress, and it has cordyceps. And what are cordyceps, you ask? Oh, that's right, Brad's here. Nature's powerful secret energizer, a rare species of fungi, cordyceps is renowned for its invigorating properties and centuries old use in traditional medicine packed with essential nutrients. This natural adaptogen boosts stamina and supports overall well-being. And seriously, it's actually super simple to make. Leslie and I have taken it camping. Yeah. I'll use it in the afternoon. We're taking it everywhere because I'm tired of conferences and different hotels having burnt coffee. It's a thousand times better than the terrible coffee that you get on an airplane. And the black coffee is like less than a dollar a packet. So it's like, it's really kind of amazing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big fan of the caramel myself. He the does caramel like has it. a little bit of, uh, of milk in it. So. It has some dairy. So my dairy free peeps, you, you can't do the caramel, but you can do the black, right? Yeah. The black coffee is vegan, keto, gluten-free, non-GMO, nut-free, dairy-free, fat-free, and CGMP compliant. All right. So here's the deal. You need to go to beitpod.com slash coffee, B-E-I-T-P-O-D.com slash coffee. And when you do that, you are going to be able to get some amazing coffee that we're loving. You can buy it as a one-time purchase, or you can actually get it as a subscription. There's even family packs. So if you know that you've got a lot of coffee drinkers in your household, this is amazing. And it's honestly cheaper than all the coffees we've been making at home. So we are so excited. I hope you are. Go to beatpod.com slash coffee. And, you know, cheers to you and I. Every morning, we'll be drinking the same coffee together. Woo!